welcome to this edition of the Alabama Historical Association's podcast program. I'm your host, Marty Olaf, and I talk with people who conduct interesting research and do interesting things concerning Alabama history. You can find out more about the Alabama Historical Association, a membership organization devoted to Alabama history, by pointing your browser at our website, www.alabamahistory.net. Our guest today is Matthew L. Downs, an assistant professor at the University of Mobile in the History Department. Matthew has won the 2015 James F. Soulsby Book Award from the Alabama Historical Association. The Soulsby Book Award honors the founding president and longtime secretary of the association by recognizing excellence in a book published in the previous two years that has made the most significant contribution to greater knowledge and appreciation of of Alabama history. Matthew, thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me, Marty. Matthew, tell us who you are, where you come from, and then let's talk about your book. Sure. This is my third year at the University of Mobile. I teach modern American and southern history and Alabama history. I've taught a little bit of everywhere before then. This is my home base now, and I've really enjoyed getting to know the people here and working here. I do a little writing. I do a little teaching. In addition to writing about economic development, I also write about the civil rights movement for Alabama heritage and, you know, just living the life of a scholar. Tell me where you grew up. Sure. I grew up in Athens, Alabama, very close to the Tennessee line right up I-65. Really, all of my experience in Alabama and Alabama history was North Alabama until I came to school in Birmingham and went to grad school at the University of Alabama. So it was a good way of kind of getting interested in and learning a little bit about the rest of the state. The title of your book is Transforming the South, Federal Development in the Tennessee Valley, 1915 to 1960, published by Louisiana State University Press in 2014. Tell us about the book. Sure. The gist of the book is an attempt to understand the relationship that developed between the federal government and civic leaders in North Alabama in the 20th century as both groups were trying to work for economic development. I focused specifically on three projects that saw increased federal attention in North Alabama. The World War I-era hydroelectric dam and nitrate plants at Muscle Shoals, TVA, and specifically TVA's impact in the Decatur area, even though I looked at the whole valley, and then the World War II-slash-Cold War-slash-Space Race-era investment in Huntsville at Redstone Arsenal and Marshall Space Flight Center. I was really interested in the way that communities in North Alabama organized to attract economic investment and then also to kind of shape how the interaction with the federal government went as they pursued this kind of development. Did you notice any differences in the way that North Alabamians interacted with the federal government? There is this kind of overarching theme here, and the overarching theme is that North Alabamians want investment, and they want to approach the federal government in a way in which they can accept the investment and accept minor changes in exchange for the investment that comes out of the federal government. But what I did find is kind of an increasing complication and an increasing kind of understanding on both sides what the limits of federal investment. Uh, A great example would be, say, the difference between muscle shoals, in which there is this just immense desire to bring some sort of investment in, 
And by the end of this decade-long debate over what to do with these nitrate plants that had been begun by the federal government and then effectively abandoned, uh, Alabamians were just so desirous of some sort of change and some sort of investment, they were basically willing to accept almost anything. But then by the time we get to the 1950s and 1960s, and there are these great debates in Huntsville over how smart it is to rely solely on the federal government and how civic leaders might work to bring in additional diversified economic development, even as they understand how important the federal government remains. I think that Southerners did learn that federal investment could be a great tool, but it's not always good to be the only tool. I'm not sure how effective they were eventually in kind of getting away from it, though. That investment by the federal government in North Alabama seems to have created a different dynamic. Is that something that you have also discovered? It is. I grew up in Athens, and for a long time, that was my understanding of Southern history, the Southern history that's marked by the long history of North Alabama being different from the rest of the state. But when I came to Birmingham Southern to do my undergraduate, and then especially Alabama to do graduate work, and I learned about this very complicated relationship between the South and the federal government, I found that what I knew from back home and growing up and talking to people who had worked for TVA, who had worked for Redstone Arsenal, my understanding didn't fit with this kind of larger story about how the South feels about the federal government's influence. And so part of what I wanted to do is to understand why North Alabama was different in that way. I think that part of it is this long history of populism coming out of North Alabama and unionism during the Civil War, but I think part of it, too, is this massive federal investment that began in the early, mid-20th century that taught North Alabamians the federal government could be good for them, that it could bring in benefits that they might not get anywhere else. The trick for them, then, was to accept it and accept some of the changes that came with it while not biting in hook, line, and sinker and accepting everything. Maybe this is an unfair question to ask because you haven't been in Mobile but a few years. Do you notice any differences between how North Alabama operates and how extreme South Alabama operates? I do notice some differences. And one of the places where I really see it is when I talk to my students in my Alabama history class. We talk about South Alabama and Alabama history, and for them, North Alabama is an alien landscape. For many of them, Alabama stops about Montgomery. So it's been interesting for me to talk about the developments in Huntsville after World War II and to have them ask questions and try to figure out this relationship that for them is very different. They're much more attuned to political speeches or newspaper articles or editorials that are critical of the federal government and questioning and hesitant embrace of the federal government. And so it's been really fascinating for me to see that dynamic work out when I talk to students largely from South Alabama who have a very different understanding of that relationship. Where do you see your research going from this point forward? I'm really interested in modernization. I think part of what I got really interested in as I was doing my research on North Alabama was the point at which you begin to see Alabama and the rest of the South become modern, modern politically, modern socially, modern economically. And one of the things that I came across over and over again when I was looking at especially Huntsville, but also Decatur and Florence, was the impact of World War II. This brief period of time in which Southerners had to make these really big decisions about economic change and political change and how to allow society to adapt to what was coming. And so one thing I'd be really interested in learning more about was places that were really impacted by World War II and how the decisions they made during this critical period worked to shape the community in the future for, the, for modernization. And so being in Mobile, being at a place that was profoundly affected by World War II, I'd really like to get a better understanding of how Mobile and maybe some other Gulf Coast communities changed during World War II and how that propelled them towards modernization in specific ways. 
Good luck to you on your future endeavors, and I want to congratulate you one more time on winning the Salisbury Award for Transforming the South, Federal Development in the Tennessee Valley, 1915 to 1960, published by Louisiana State University Press in 2014. Again, thank you very much for joining me, and congratulations again, Matthew. Thanks, Marty. It's been fun. Thank you for joining us today. This has been another edition of the Alabama Historical Association podcast program. Our music is the traditional tune, Whistle By, performed at City Stages in 1996 by James Bryan and Carl Jones. It's provided courtesy of the Alabama Folklife Association, which you can find on the web at alabamafolklife.org.